0: Earlier this morning, we heard the bearish fundamental tape from Peter Cheer. Now let's get perhaps a technical reason to be cautious. David Keller joins us back again to take a look at the charts, stockcharts.com. David, welcome back. And the first thing, obviously, that jumps out to me in your notes is you say that we have reached four of the four criteria that you look for in a market top. Say it ain't so, David. <laughs>
1: it's good to be back with you oliver yeah i mean i think in general what technical analysis allows you to do is simplify and focus on some of the key levels the key signals that should cause you to be more or less bullish more or less cautious and i think what we're seeing now with the rollover that we saw the gap lower on monday i think that sort of follows through with some of the warning signs that we've been seeing recently i think of the you know market topping and sort of four steps given the strength that we've seen year to date in the s p uh, the first one has to do with the 50-day moving average. Interesting, this morning we're actually breaking just back above the 50-day moving average here Yeah, uh, this morning. We'll see how things actually play out. But I think getting below the 50-day moving average is step one because that has been consistent support uh, through the course of the year. And, and getting below there and staying there would be a key part of the bearish argument because I think the more time we spend below the 50-day, the more a lot of investors recognize that that stable source of support is not really playing out. The, mm. the other three are really... Uh, looking at a trajectory that's changing from uptrend to downtrend. So putting in a lower low, which means the S&P undercuts 43.60, which we got just below, and bouncing higher a little bit. Uh, making a lower high, which I think would be important to think about now as we're seeing some short-term strength. Uh, at some point, the market attempts to make a new all-time high and fails, and I think that would probably be the most uh, you know, negative thing we could see. Mm. And then finally, momentum. And, and uh, RSI is a common measure of momentum. It broke below 40 this week for the first time in the entire year, and that indicates an overall rotation from strength to weakness. So we've seen a lot of warning signs in terms of uh, of concerning breadth readings, breadth deterioration, but now we're actually seeing price action start to follow through on the downside this week.
0: So what how what kind of rally would in, invalidate these? As you mentioned, we're moving back above the 50 DMA, or is it kind of like once it's done, uh, you know, the uh, the die has been cast, uh, or? Uh, I mean, there's always, uh, uh, you know, a, a way out, right? There's always a way to invalidate. What is that way right now, David? I and mean, when we've got a nice rip happening this morning, if we obviously we go back to new highs, then, okay, that's not the case. Is there something between now and new highs that might tell us, okay, this is just a head fake? It's not going to all spiral downward?
1: Really good question. And I would think of it in a couple of ways. I mean, number one, yeah, making new all-time highs on any sort of chart. You think about Salesforce uh, that you guys were talking about a little earlier. You know, I, while the fundamental story is compelling, the chart actually breaking above previous highs and pushing higher, recognizing that demand outweighs supply, that buying power is outweighing selling pressure, that to me is the most encouraging part of, uh, of how a chart represents investors buying into an idea. So the S&P getting to new highs, the NASDAQ getting back to new highs, uh, would certainly indicate renewed strength and just a persistent trend that we've seen uh, that we've seen so far. Yes. Um, the second thing would be breadth conditions starting to improve, and that's what we really have not quite seen yet. Although you're seeing strength today on uh, sectors like financials and energy, you need to see more follow-through on those. Enough of those appreciating would. Probably be able to push the uh, the S and P to new highs as it would need.
0: Okay, so looking at uh, uh, some of these things visually, breadth deterioration. You look at cumulative advance decline lines uh, and uh, the amount of uh, bullish percent indexes. Uh, what? Walk me through where those are, and uh, you know, is this just on the fringe of being a negative signal, or is it deeply negative?
1: Yeah, no, great question. There are a couple of different ways we can measure breadth. Many of them. And one of the common ways you, you alluded to is called the cumulative advanced decline lines. And, and every day you get the advancers minus decliners, how many stocks are up or down on a given day. You string that together over time and you have this cumulative measure of breadth and it basically tells you participation. And on the chart on the right side of the screen, you have the New York Stock Exchange, the entire NYSE, then you have uh, large cap stocks, then mid cap stocks, then small caps. If you look, all four of these have sort of transitioned from a consistent uptrend in the first half of the chart to now more of a consistent downtrend. And you've seen it, especially in small caps in the broader NYSE. Now we're starting to see it in mid caps. We're starting to see it in the S&P advance decline line, which has also broken below its 50-day moving average. So what that tells you, and to be honest with you, the conditions have been deteriorating for for a number of months, right? Really, April, May, June is when they were going higher. After that, they've all actually been rotating lower, which suggests the appreciation we've seen in the last couple months in the S&P has not been a super healthy, Bull market phase—it's sort of been the last gasp of a bull market, where you have a lot of individual stocks that are uh, that are starting to rotate
0: lower. Hmm. Interesting, the last gasp of the bull market—I like that phrase. It's uh, definitely uh, got a lot of warning uh, uh, connotations into it. You mentioned the breaking of moving averages. You also point out that uh, 25 above 25 percent of the S&P members have broken their 200 DMA. Uh, that's a pretty serious deterioration. That's not a, a very normal thing, is I mean, that seems like a pretty good chunk of companies.
1: That's exactly right. <clears throat> and during a healthy bull market phase, it would make sense that most stocks would be above their moving averages, right? If the, if the S&P is going higher, the stocks that comprise those indexes should be in a position of strength and going above their 50-day, above their 200-day moving averages. And that's what we've seen for a lot of this bull market move. But if you start the clock sort of in April and May, this is when the cyclical stocks, things like financials, sort of had their last run higher before pulling back. All of a sudden, all these breadth indicators roll lower. So in April, you had about 95% of the S&P above their 200-day moving average. That's down to just below 70%. You had about 92% of the S&P members above their 50-day moving average at the bottom panel there. Now that's down to below 40%. So you've had a a large number of companies that were in a bullish phase and now are in a bearish phase. And that's within the context of the S&P going higher. And so when you think about that sort of last gasp, sort of the later stages of the bull market phase, you get this deterioration in breadth, where a lot of individual names are already showing weakness. It's just not reflected yet in the broad uh, indexes. Uh-huh. So, while the gap lower on Monday certainly was a surprise in terms of the severity of it, although two percent down is not that severe in the in the grand scheme of things, but felt pretty negative relative to the normal pullbacks we've had. I think the directional tendency of the market to go lower here given the breadth deterioration is not much of a surprise at all. Also, we're in the seasonally weakest month in the seasonally weakest part of the year. September, October tends to be a pretty challenging time for stocks in general.
0: And David, is there anywhere obvious on the S&P that looks like a, a target from here that might be a good place to start for some downside to clear off some of this uh, you know, froth or shake out some of the weakness that uh, has uh, built uh, up here?
1: Yeah. So in general, I would I would argue if you're long-term bullish, which I am, and I think long-term there's a great story for stocks going into the next next year. And I think, you know, even with the Fed having to make a lot of the changes, I think infrastructure spending there's a lot of potential upside for stocks still to be had in economic growth. Um, I I would argue that if you're long-term bullish, the best thing you could see from a technical perspective is a pullback, a meaningful pullback, enough to sort of shake out of this persistent uptrend that just seems like you're kicking the can down the road from a technical perspective. Enough of a pullback that would give people an opportunity to you know, raise cash and then buy in on a weaker level and buy in on this next leg higher going into next year, I think could be the biggest opportunity for bulls. For yeah. And so, so far we've only gone down 3%, you know, 4% uh, on average uh, year to date, the biggest pullback was in February to March, which was just over 5%. Um, a little deeper pullback, getting down to the 200-day moving average, getting down to the first Fibonacci support level. That would take us down to the May lows, which would be around 4050. That'd be about a 10-plus percent, 10, 11, 12 percent pullback from highs, which would seem like the end of the world in terms of the, uh, the, the, the trading that we've seen so far year-to-date, but would actually be a totally reasonable uh, pullback. And I think you could still pull back to that level. Long term, the chart would still appear uh, fairly constructive, would give you an opportunity to buy in on some leading stocks uh, at a bit of a discount.
0: Okay. And you mentioned places to uh, hide out if and when this happens. Big tech has been one area to do that. Uh, as you mentioned, Microsoft, a stock that you, uh, looks like you could ride it out. I'm curious, in a different one that's on your radar, though, that doesn't get as much attention. You point out tractor supply as a technical breakout and one that looks like it's got some room to go
1: yeah so i I mean in general in this sort of environment from a technical perspective there there are always charts somewhere that are breaking out and and one of the things i do often for clients is screen for three month highs and three month lows just looking for stocks that are starting that rotation higher able to break out of bases break above resistance and on the other side things that are breaking down and starting to show some vulnerability um tractor supplies screened up pretty well for us in the last week or so this is a stock that hit resistance in may had a good pullback has what's uh, called sort of a rounded bottom, sort of this initial push higher, and then this basing pattern sort of looks like a a, a, a shallow bowl on the chart, uh, which is uh, which is a nice pullback, basically a reset to the chart. Now breaking above new highs is uh, is pretty good. Now it looks what's actually it's actually what's called a cup and handle pattern. Think of it a cup of coffee and then the little handle on the right. That's what TSCO has kind of pounded out here. Breaking above the rim of that cup, breaking out uh, to new highs indicates an influx of uh, buyers or an influx of demand. Uh, willing to pay uh, over $200 for the stock. And I think there's certainly a potential upside on a a stock that's breaking out. And most importantly, the relative strength is improving. This is a stock that's outperforming its peers, which is is pretty positive.
0: Okay. All right. Tractor supply, the pick, and the pan, you say, to avoid is Activision, the one that looks uh, ugly. Don't buy the dip there, David, as deep as that dip goes.
1: There, I've always told, don't confuse the bottom of the page with support, stocks like Activision, <laughs> like EA, uh, that whole group, uh, Take Two, I would argue, sort of rolling over and at a time when you have stocks like TSCO, Microsoft and others in good uptrends, sectors like financials potentially rolling over, stocks like that that are rolling down, breaking support, breaking moving averages in a consistent pattern of lower lows and lower highs. In general, those are the things that I'd want to avoid until you see some signs of accumulation we're really not seeing that in the video game stocks at this point yet.
0: All right, David, thank you. Like the stock specifics, always like the one to avoid and the one to chase. And it sounds like the whole market at the moment right now might be one to avoid. David, uh, appreciate the uh, explanation here on the technicals. Good stuff.
1: Thanks, Oliver. Take care.
0: You got it. David Keller is the chief market strategist at StockCharts.com.